Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Kevin Kelly dominated high school football in Arkansas, winning nine state titles in 18 years at Pulaski Academy. He's now turning his attention to dominating the airwaves on the zone. He's brought to you by the Little Rock Athletic Club, who's currently building a state-of-the-art indoor pickleball facility. Little Rock Athletic Club, no contracts, and save 30% off joining fees. Had to make it official and bring Coach in, even though he got here early today. I've been dying to talk to you about the Cowboys. Sunday night they looked uh, – well, the defense looked awesome. They did. Uh, offense did – it was okay. I mean, I'm, I'm, they didn't have any turnovers. They ran the ball effectively, had three rushing touchdowns in a game where really they didn't have to do anything because the defense was so good. I want to start on the defense. The acquisition to bring in uh, another Pro Bowl cornerback, and now all of a sudden you got – Two really good cornerbacks. You got a defensive line. One of the analytics sites ranked the top 10 defensive linemen pressuring the quarterback. The Cowboys had three in the top 10, and Micah Parsons wasn't one of them. Uh, it was. Um, you know, did, uh, he didn't play. Armstrong? Yeah, they took him out kind of early. Did you think they took him out kind of early? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. he got two sacks early. Yeah. And then the game started getting out of hand. And next thing you know, I, it's he was on the sideline. But I want, I mean, it's early in the season. I want to get him in game shape a little bit more. Mm. But that's just me. Well, it's a long year 17 games. It is. It is. I'm uh, looking up a stat on that Cowboys pressure line while you're, oh, okay. while you're talking. Yeah. It was uh, Dorrance Armstrong. Fowler uh, was up there. And there was one more. Uh, I cannot remember who it was. But anyway, three of the top 10. I don't know if what it says. Maybe it's more on the Giants' poor offensive line, or the Cowboys are just that dominant on the defensive line, putting pressure on the quarterback. Well, it, it, well, yeah, that's a good question. And the Giants' offensive line is notably not good, but Daniel Jones usually can usually can buy some time. But he was pressured on forty three percent, and they they call pressure in the analytics world is within three feet of the quarterback when he throws the ball. And he was pressured on 43% of his dropbacks. That was the most this weekend hmm. out of any off head off team. Dallas got to him on an average of 2.41 seconds from the time the ball snapped. Is that good? That's unfreaking believable. I mean, and uh, that was the fastest in the NFL. And, uh, you know, if you can continue that with the D-backs they have, like you say, their D-backs are good. Yeah. They get way better when the quarterback has 2.4 seconds to release the football. And now they can start jumping routes because what everybody has to do is start throwing short stuff. Now tell those corners, play aggressive underneath, jump everything, let the safeties play over the top and because he's going to have the ball coming out soon. That's what offenses do when they see those numbers. Mm-hmm. Your coordinator's like, okay, we've got to run short stuff. Well, now your, your D-backs can all jump the short stuff. You know, the, the key for Dallas's defense, what everyone thought, was going to be stopping the run because they've, been, they've struggled, and that's what they addressed with their first-round pick. Uh, they were also able to retain uh, the the uh, Hankins. Hankins from the Raiders that they uh, traded for, and they felt like he did a good job at the end of the season last year. So they felt like they addressed that concern stopping the run. Uh, unfortunately, or fortunately for the Cowboys, but unfortunately for the those wanting to see if the defensive uh, the line was better against the run, you didn't get to see it that much because the Giants got so far behind they couldn't run really you know stick with the running game. So yeah, I don't know if that did, has been addressed. When they did, you wonder. I mean, we had some subs in and doing stuff like that because the Giants ended up with like 108 rushing yards, but most of that was kind of garbagey time. And Daniel Jones ran for 43 yards, so you know. That that was a little misleading too. I thought the Cowboys, like you like you say, I think they addressed their needs maybe as well as they have in a long time. Mm-hmm. 
you know, across the board. You know, you, you end up getting rid of Zeke. I think that was a good move. You end up signing Brandon Cooks to take the top off the defense. You address that, that, that stop the run issue. You added another cornerback that's really good. I mean, I think they, they, that's why all year I've been like, this is even on Twitter, this is the year the Cowboys, I hate to say it, might make the Super Bowl. And I was saying that before, but after watching the, under night, uh, the other night, I really think the Giants are going to be a little better this year. So to completely do that, I don't know if it was the rain, get it all, getting started on a bad, you know, a start, and just didn't bother coming back, or their mentality wasn't there. But th- that was complete dominance on the defensive side. And if they do that, man, offense, it's a lot easier to play offense because you can, you don't have to, you don't have the pressure on you to go score and outscore everybody. Not to derail the talk of the Cowboys, but offense was down in the first week of the season, and it's uh, it's happening again. It's kind of a trend. Many former players, the analysts are, are contributing that or attributing that to the preseason. You know, teams aren't playing their starters. They're, the quarterbacks aren't getting a lot of action in the preseason, and they feel like the timing isn't there in the, in the first couple of weeks of the season. Do you buy into that? I do buy into that somewhat. Not for anybody else except for the quarterbacks. The quarterbacks, and I don't even think the timing on one, two, three, throw the ball. I think it's they're just not used to – the pressure that they're going to feel because they don't let those guys get even close to getting touched in practice. Mm-hmm. So the preseason is the only time they're really live, and a lot of guys more and more aren't playing their quarterbacks at all or playing them four plays, one series or whatever. So they're not used to it, and it's a different world whenever you've got guys on defense trying to put you down. I mean, they're trying to knock you down, hurt you, and uh, take you out of the game. And when you've got that pressure and they're really coming at you, your eyes tend to look down, takes longer to throw the ball, that's counterintuitive, but it's the way it goes. And then you look up, and you've got a quarterback that's got a bad stat line. I'm a big Dak fan. I think he's going to be good this year, but even his stat line looked pretty crappy. I mean, you know, he's 13 out of 24 or something for 100-something yards. It, it didn't have to. Mm-hmm. But still, you know, I'd like to see a more efficiency on there. But it, well, like I say, it was across the league. And you can pick it apart and make some excuses. Kansas City, they didn't have Kelsey. You know, they've lost Tariq Hill, but they had lost him last year. But – but you start looking across the league, and it, and it wasn't very good. But I think that's I am. I think that's a direct contributor is the lack of the lack of preseason games, and then guys just say I'm not playing my starter at all. I was surprised by a, a couple of teams. One being Tampa Bay to go and beat the Vikings in Minnesota. Uh, 2017 was the final there. Uh, Browns surprised me. Thumping the the Bengals, not so much. You know, it's a division Bengals, game. The Bengals surprised me more. The, the Bengals, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. The Bengals surprised oh. me with their lack of offense, twenty four to three. But you know, kudos to the Brown, kudos to the Browns, and Rams. Rams beating Seattle in Seattle. No Cooper Cup. Those those three games. That was the biggest surprises to me. Anything that jumps out to you that surprises? Well. The the Bengals, obviously. I mean, Joe Burrow signs a huge contract. I do think, like, if I had to pick a quarterback to start my team right now with who's in the league, I might pick Joe Burrow. I think that's who I would pick, even over Patrick Mahomes. Now, after the game the other day, maybe not. But mm. but looking at that, and he, he was quick to say and sort of blame preseason, not, getting to, not even getting to practice right because he hurt his calf or yeah. whatever. He was quick to blame that and being rusty and stuff like that. But the Browns have always played them well. I mean, they haven't won at Cleveland and at, with Joe Burrow. So, you know, for whatever reason, they've got their number. They see their matchups. They understand how to defend them better. It's a little bit of an in-state rivalry, that kind of thing. I don't want to hang it all on that. But, man, but he also in Burrow's, when, when I was doing a write-up, I actually picked the Browns in my column. 
I did that partially because Burrow has never has never been that good against the Browns, and he's also a very slow season starter. His first mm-hmm. game is always not very good. Hmm. So put it all together, I think it was the perfect storm. The injuries, the Browns, and the first game of the season, I think it was the perfect storm for him. But I think he'll come back. But that was by far and away. He didn't look bad. He looked awful. And Miles Garrett made him look even dumber because Did you then see he started him doing playing like the around, yeah, doing the crossover dance. Yeah, when they start and then he doing got to that, him in like one second. Yeah, when they start <laughs> doing that, then they're just making you look dumb, you know. And and uh, that plays into the mindset too. And people see that video floating around, and they're like, "God, bro, looked awful." He's got a guy dancing in front of him, and the dancers getting him. Well, know? I think the offensive lineman looked worse. The guards. Yeah, <laughs> is that a case where the, the left guard and the right guard is not sure which one needs to help the center because he's dancing on both sides? People don't. It, it is. I mean, Garrett can get away with it. They did that later in the game, but you here's why you don't want your guy doing that. If you don't want him to do that. And he he doesn't know when the ball's gonna be snapped. And he's you know one way he had an assigned gap. He was gonna go in that right side from the defense's look a gap. Mm-hmm. And you, I don't know if you saw, but a tackle crashed into the other a gap. So they couldn't uh, triple team those. You know they couldn't double team him. And since he was dancing and up, the first guy crashed before, and Garrett stepped that way too. So they double teamed the left guy. The guard went out. The guard on his side went out on the defensive end. And that opened it up for him to just go right past the center. If you you know if you guess wrong and your timing's wrong, it slows down Garrett right there and actually buys him more time. That's why you won't see it consistently. But when you're up in the game, give the other team something to look at. They'll spend time preparing for Garrett Miles Garrett to do that now, and it's probably needless time because you won't see him do that one or two more times a game the rest of the year. Right. Any rookie quarterback impress you? No, I tried to pay attention to all of it. I watched some of all the games. Anthony Richardson did well running the ball, but I don't think he's ever going to be a great passer Passer. in the next couple years. It's going to take some time. Uh, I really thought that Carolina would look a little better. I thought he would be the most game-ready quarterback. And, man, he just threw just two dumb ones. And and the one guy intercepted him three times, I think. The same guy. Really, Bates two or three times. I'm pretty sure it's the same the same guy. Well, I know that Josh Allen threw it to the same guy three yeah. times. <laughs> no, yeah, that's right, that's right. He got his bonus. Yeah, yeah. his yearly threw, bonus. Young, young threw two picks and both to the same guy. Okay, and so he did it. Yeah, Josh Allen did it. That's funny. And then I thought C.J. Stroud looked really bad. You know, he had a couple guys open, open. I'm talking mm. five yards open that were 20 yards down the field and missed them by 10 yards. And is that – I think he can throw the football, but, man, he's not used to that pressure either. Think about it. You come out of Ohio State and you've got five seconds to throw. Yeah. You go to Houston Texans, you've got a second and a half to throw. I think uh, Sterner had a tweet that said about some of these quarterbacks in college, your your guys are five yards open Yeah. in the NFL. Don't get used to that because that's not the case. No, they're half a yard open. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned a quarterback uh, just uh, missing wide-open receivers. I watched the uh, Titans-Saints game. Tannehill was awful. Tannehill's done. Oh, he done. missed two receivers, and they had it set up. One was a – I think it was a trick play. Throw, I can't remember what the play. Guy was wide open, running, yeah. streaking down the field, touchdown. Like you, like you don't get in the NFL. Yes. Yeah. And he, he overthrew him by like four yards. And then there was another throw on the other sideline, the guy streaking down, and he, he missed that throw. I mean, very easily could have won the game. Yeah. Titans could have won the game if yeah. he makes one or – if he makes two of them, they win by double digits. Right. 
He's 0 for 2 in wide open throws for a touchdown. He's never been a great th- – I mean, he's never been a super accurate thrower. But they've used him like they needed to. Play action pass. He could run or, th- you know, he could mm-hmm. throw because he's a receiver a lot in college and and uh, all that kind of stuff. But he's never been impressive. Nobody's ever – that's why they keep drafting quarterbacks and none of them they draft are ever any good. And you look at Malik Willis, and you're like, oh, he this guy's not any good. Yeah, he turned out to be a dud. And, Will and Levis is probably going to be the same way. Well, absolutely. I think he was the worst pick, you know, out of all the quarterbacks that came out. And uh, they keep drafting bad, but Tannehill's not the answer because there comes a point in every playoff game – well, not every playoff – in the playoffs when you are behind and have to throw the ball mm-hmm. and it's your quarterback and there's no play action because you're behind. And Tannehill has never been able to overcome that in any game. And I don't know why they would think he's going to this year. Well, I guess they drafted Levis hoping he would yeah. emerge. But I've been saying it for a while now. The Titans are in trouble because they don't have a future at quarterback. They, and Tannehill I, I is not the guy. I, I think you're exactly right. And you, this league, it's almost impossible to win without a great quarterback. He had three interceptions and really could have had six. Yeah. I mean, there were, there were a couple dropped and just uh, very ill-advised. He kept going to Hopkins. Forcing it to Hopkins, and a couple times Hopkins saved him by yeah. knocking the pass down. Uh, over on the Southern Structural Solutions text line, this guy wants me to ask you about Jordan Love. What do you, what do you think of him? I thought his coach did the best job at calling the plays to put his quarterback in a good situation. Not really a Jordan Love fan as far as accuracy. I like I like the kid and what he says and how he talks, how he carries himself. I like all that. I think he's done a magnificent job. Uh, especially in the face of all the Aaron Rodgers craziness. But he wasn't very accurate at all coming out. He had a big arm coming out of college. wasn't very accurate. And what they did with him throwing three touchdowns, over 200 yards, keeping him – you know, they gave him high-percentage throws, let him occasionally take the ball down the field, let him throw low-percentage bad balls, like the, the, the back shoulder fade in the end zone to the guy that caught it. You know, that's, that's going to be – almost always incomplete or or, or caught. Mm-hmm. It's rarely intercepted because of the suddenness of the of the D-back having to turn his shoulders, too. And I just thought they called a great game, and he executed within that game plan. If they can keep that up, they're in good shape. But if they have to play from behind, that's mm-hmm. when I'm willing to – that's when I want to grade Jordan Love on how well he's going to be. When he's behind and he has a stand back there and they know he's going to throw it and he's got to push the ball down the field a little bit, that's when you can really grade him. But for what they did this weekend, I thought it was perfect. Bears defense was terrible last year. Was is it any better? Was it pretty poor? I mean, I, I think it's better. I, I just think they went in. I mean, you know, they just get put. Justin Fields puts them in terrible situations yeah. all the time. Terrible situations, and they keep wanting to show faith in him. And he keeps making either bad decisions throwing the ball or bad decisions when a guy's open running the ball, and he runs the ball instead of throwing it to the open guy. And he puts them in bad spots. Their defense is always out there. They never know when they're going to have to go back out there because. It just looks like they're moving the ball, and then all of a sudden, dumb play, mm-hmm. and they're just like, "Freak, we got to go back out there now." We we look like we were rolling, and with that <laughs> sudden change, and it's not you know sudden change is usually a turnover, but for them, it's a Justin Fields play to me. But I think they're better. But unless that offense get better, you're not gonna make. It's not gonna show up statistically that they're any better. Uh, one more from the five hundred one on the Southern Structural Solutions text line. Ask Coach Kelly about Caden Hawes. He is a PA kid who plays for BYU. Yeah, I, I love Caden Hawes. One of my favorite kids to come out of PA. He was just a worker. Like he worked himself. He's he's underheighted, not undersized. He's got the biggest thighs that I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> and because he loved a squad, I remember. Uh, 
uh, Utah, BYU, their coach is coming in to evaluate him. And uh, he was working out one day, and they're like, you know, for, to be able to play for us, we like strong legs on the offensive or defensive line. And this coach is like, hey, just, you know, throw 600 on there. We put 600 on the squat for Caden Hawes, and he just repped it out like I would rep out 120. You know, <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, he's a big, strong kid. He's a fire plug. He's like 5'11", 310, and it's all legs, and he, and he tries hard. He works hard. He knows his job. Incredibly intelligent kid. And, you know, they rotate a lot of defensive linemen, so he gets in and out a lot, and you'll see him. He does a good job because – he plays on the interior, and they ask those guys to tie up offensive linemen, tie up the guard in the center so our linebackers can make plays, and he does that. And then if he happens to be in and they run his way, he fights off and makes good plays. So while I'm wanting Arkansas to win the game, I do want Caden Halls to play a good, solid game because, man, he's a great kid and represents our state well. Well, apparently that's been part of Arkansas's problem because they go to double-team the defensive linemen, and then they're not dr- – pushing him off to the other lineman and going to get the linebacker. Right. They're just staying uh, – what, what, what's that technique? Uh, uh, pin and pull? Well, no. Not, pin not and pull is when they pin and wrap yeah. one around. This is just a combo block. Combo block. Yeah, where they, the combo both, block, they start off two on up. one, and when they get movement, one of them leaves to the play side linebacker. Yeah. And they're not doing they're it. They're not getting to do that because they can't get a push on the initial defensive lineman. That's two, a problem. When two two on one, they can't get a push? <laughs> well, they're, they're, I don't know if they can. They're not getting enough push. And and you're right. If it's slow coming off on that next guy, the linebacker's there to feel to fit yeah. that run because nobody's blocking him. And that's what Caden Hawes does well is he makes those guys get no push because he can bench. I mean, squat a house. How did BYU him. find him? You know his his uh, dad played at Utah. His mom went to BYU, huh. and they're Mormon. And he was gonna go there. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what he was gonna do. Mm-hmm. And, and I say that unless Arkansas had offered him, which they didn't. He was going to go out there and play. And uh, so that was kind of the fight was which one he was going to go to. And he went to both both of them in the summer to a camp and really wanted to go to Utah or thought he wanted to go to Utah. But after he finished the summer, he was in love with BYU. Oh, cool. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. No, I'm excited for him.